Oh yeah, it's exciting times around here. We, are you walking, Are you ready for summer? It's hot, isn't it? It's man, I tell you, it's it's, a, it's over a hundred now already. It's gonna be like two twelve come August. Two hundred twelve. It's amazing. So uh, ridiculous around. Hey, can I just tell you? So this is kind of cool. I'm I'm kind of excited about this. T- today marks five year anniversary in this building on this campus. And I just I don't know if you get into the stuff like that, but. I think we look pretty good for a five-year-old, and so uh, we're excited that God blessed us with this. Brandy, you remember all those days, Bob? You remember those days of pulling trailers and setting up and putting mats down on gym floors? Remember when we were locked out of gyms and had to move across the street? Remember when trailers were stolen and we didn't know how we were going to have extra saucers because without an extra saucer for a kid, Jesus can't do a work or something? I don't know, but... But we've just seen so many things. I remember just, it's been an incredible, incredible journey. We, we're, we're, we're about 11 and a half years old, but you guys don't know that for about the first six and a half years of our existence, we met in schools and just kind of, uh, we, were, we were nomads. We kind of felt like, you know, an orphan without a home, right? But we just showed up every week. And, but for five years, God has blessed us with this, this facility. And, and we've, we've been in, in fact, can, hey, get the house lights up real quick. I want to do something just awesome. Can I get my house lights up full throat? How many of you, and I want you to do that, that this campus is the only experience you have of 1910? Stand up. Stand up. This is, this is the only campus. Look at this. So for those of you that, that remember the days of setting up and tearing down and wondering if it was worth it, I want you to look around and look at this room. We're so thankful that you guys found us and that you guys are here and uh, you guys can be seen. That's awesome. And and for those, yeah. So so for the let's let's do this. How many of you how many of you sweated a little bit the first six and a half years and you set stuff up? Let me see you. You stand up. Yeah, you stand up. Yeah, I think we can show some honor to these folks too. Look at Danny and Leticia back there. That's awesome. Aaron Baker. Hey Baker, you remember all those days, don't you, man? Loading up trailers afterwards, man. I just had a flashback as these guys, by the way, isn't it awesome that our creative team is so strong and can carry out bulky, you can kill the lights now, thanks guys, just carry out these things, but it just reminded me of those days. We, we need to remember where we've come from, right? And we don't live in the past, but, but, but I think it's okay for us to kind of have those moments where you remember the past and, our, and we're just more grateful and thankful for where God has, has brought us today, amen? Woo! It's our new series today. Train to win. Some of you are now figuring it out that that's why we have all this workout equipment on the platform. And if you doze off at any moment over the next, you know, 25 minutes, we may just call you up and have you swing some kettlebells or pull yourself up on the rings. I I think I can handle this height right here. You know what I'm saying? But an athlete, every athlete goes into strict training in order to win, right? Any athletes in the room? Any ex-athletes? Yeah, we, you know, what? something I'm coming to understand, the older I get, I'm not as good as I used to be, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, but every athlete knows that they must train to win. There's, there's not an athlete of high caliber that, that sits around on a couch eating Cheetos and just shows up at the right moment to perform, right? No, you practice, you discipline your body. 
Athletes understand that in order to be a great athlete, there's an intense discipline that takes place. There's strict diets and exercise regimens. You, you beat your body into peak physical uh, condition so that when the time is right, when the lights come on or when the game is on the line, you are ready. We know that that's true for an athlete. We know that that's true when it comes to, to our physical conditioning. And somehow to me, though, there's this disconnect about how we think about our spiritual conditioning. The, 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 the sad reality for many Christians today is that they are unfit because we've somehow, we're, we're just undisciplined. We, we, we are undisciplined. Listen, this thing called discipline, nobody drifts into it. An athlete doesn't just say, oh, the Olympics are coming. I think I'll sign up right? I think I'll give it a go. No, no, no. You don't just drift into discipline. You, you train your body. And just as an undisciplined body can, can quickly become sluggish and fat, I believe an undisciplined spirit becomes weak. And so that's the whole thrust of this series entitled Train to win. Paul, who was a great coach, Paul poured into a young man by the name of Timothy. He's coaching Timothy with these words in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He says this, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is what? Good. But training for godliness is what? Much better. And it promises benefits in this life and in the life to come. I love how the message translation relates those same two verses. Look what it says. It says, exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. And we got some flabby fat people in the church, right? Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and Forever. These, these two verses, I believe, are the cornerstone of, of, of what we're going to begin to unpack over the next several weeks. These things called spiritual dip disciplines. I believe that these two verses spell out our purpose. Listen, we are to train for godliness. Those words that Paul issued to a young Timothy weren't just for some young kid with still lots of energy and zest for life and leading a new church. No, they're for us today that we must continue to train for godliness. Our training must never come to an end. So this summer, what we're going to do is we're going to begin to challenge you and unpack what we would call spiritual disciplines. Now listen, there's no consensus list of what spiritual disciplines are. The Bible does not give us this, this set list. There are different authors uh, that have written things down. But, but what we're going to do is we're going to look at the life of Jesus because there were some things that Jesus practiced on a consistent basis that I believe are going to be good for us as, as, as we train to win. Are you with me today? There, there, there were 12 activities that we're going to unpack this summer. This is not a summer at 1910 for us to get fat and lazy. In fact, we're going to get fit in this house. All right? We're, I was watching the, the Texas Longhorns and the Texas A&M baseball game last night. I, don't want to bring up who won, but, but, but sitting there on the front row was, was one Roger Clemens. He's wearing this T-shirt, protect 
this house. Well, listen, here's the deal. We're going to protect this house. We're going to protect this house. And we're going to get fit this summer. Get fit. I would like to call somebody up right now to give me some demonstrations. Not going to do that because it's embarrassing and people online are watching. What up, Johnny P? They're in Cali. I know Johnny P's watching from Cali today. Want to give him a shout out this, this morning watching there. It's early. He's probably getting ready for a big basketball game tonight. But thanks for making time for the Lord. But we're going to get fit. We're going to challenge you this summer to develop some disciplines. And listen, no one likes discipline. Right? Anybody ever just say, I'll just give me some discipline. No, no one's not. Hey, dad, dad, would you just, dad, listen, growing up. Hey, dad, listen, I'm just feeling like I'm a little lazy around the house. And dad, I'm not pulling my way. Dad, would you just give me some discipline? <laughs> that, that would, by the way, that was the position of discipline in my house, Matt. I don't know about your house, but that's what I got, right? Um, and I know it's not popular today, and I'm going to get email on that. I'm not whatever work for me I'm okay I think I don't know but we're gonna get fit. no one likes discipline it's gonna be a challenge for us to get fit you you can't just look at this mess in the gym and somehow get Olympic athlete ready can you you can't my coach is over here and he's laughing at me pointing his fingers at me right now I hope hypocrites not coming to your mind right now when I'm speaking about it. but we're gonna get fit spiritually this are you up for it we're, we're in a challenge. And listen, I know some of you guys are going to be traveling. You're going to be all over the globe, exotic places like Oklahoma. And you're going to be traveling all summer. These are going to be some things that we're going to encourage you with. You can take these with you wherever you go. You can. And we're going to get fit in this house. So I want to start somewhere today where I believe you have to start. I, I believe that this is something that was so present in Jesus' life. And, and all the other spiritual disciplines, I believe, flow from this very first one. The first thing we're going to challenge you with this summer is study. <laughs> Somebody's about to vomit down front right now just because I said that. Yeah, study. It's summer break for Pete's sake. Study. We're going to study this summer, and we're going to study the Word of God. Amen? Listen, I'm thankful for my spiritual heritage. I don't know what yours is. Um, um, there, there's some things about my spiritual heritage that I'm extremely grateful and thankful for. There's some things that I wish I would have experienced and learned a little bit more, you know, growing up, like the Holy Spirit and the work it has in my life and what He's capable of today. Amen? You guys know that the things that we read in Scripture are still present in our world today and can take place. Amen. Heaven's been opened. It's here. And the things that we read in scripture can still be a part of our everyday life here. Amen. We can talk more about that later. But, but one of the things that I'm especially thankful for in our church was the study of God's word and, and the high um, view that, that we held towards the Bible. Anybody ever study the Bible? I, I remember growing up in church, we, 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 we had a thing called Sunday school, right? As if Monday through Friday were not torture enough, they made us go on Sunday to something different, right? But one of the things that I loved about Sunday school that was always the highlight is, is, is the opportunity for me to memorize a verse of Scripture. And if I did so and could recite that, right, I got a gold star and could put a gold star on a chart, right? And, and everybody's progress was tracked each week. There were some, I didn't have many gold stars. There was never a threat for me at school Monday through Friday of ever getting a gold star. But on Sundays, that was my only chance. And I worked hard at trying to get God's word into memory, at least long enough to recite it for my teacher. Amen? 
but we held high view of, of the Bible. I remember things like Bible drill. You remember that? A, a group of kids on a firing squad line with some old grumpy adults that never smiled and they'd quote a, throw a verse out and the first one that could find it in your Bible and step forward and read it, right? You were, that was Bible drill, right? And I didn't succeed so well. No gold stars there for me there. I, I, the word of God was such a big deal for me even as I progressed through college. You've heard me say, I, would, I, would, I was a baseball player and I would write verses of scripture in the bill of my cap, you know, like you're 0 for 4, but God still loves you, you know, something like, like that, you know, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I stink as a ball player, but I'm somebody special in God's eyes, right? As a youth pastor, we would have T-shirts. Pastor Chase, we'd go on mission trips. And as if people did not understand what, you know, we were up to, we'd put a verse of scripture on a shirt just to let people know that somehow we were of the Lord. Or, or what. But the, does the word of God hold high value in your life? In fact, is there a verse of scripture that you would say would be your go-to? It's been a verse that maybe has been a part of your life, has seen you through some dark days. It's a verse that encourages you. It's a verse that maybe you offer to someone else to, to be a, a resource for them as well. But do you know, have you studied the word of God? Listen, from the very moment that I sensed the call of God into my life for full-time ministry... My driving passion has simply been to, to understand God's word, but then to make it understandable to others. In fact, for those of you that are new to 1910 or those of you that have been, I don't, those of you listening, I, I want to be able to take God's word and make it understandable to people when we teach and preach. I, I think we do people a, a tragedy whenever we speak over their heads. Or whenever we, we, we try to wow and impress with such deep theological terms, but we never really make it understandable for people. My, 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 that's been my, my, I've never aspired to, to be known as some academic theologian or some distinguished clergyman. I, I simply want to know what the word of God means. And I, I, and I want to make that known to others. That, that, that has driven all of my pastoral energies, my preaching, my shepherding, my teaching, writing, e even visitation times in hospitals, just praying the word of God over people. That's been my goal. And it's my conviction, too, that this thing of, of studying the Bible and really understanding it, listen, it's not difficult in fact, here, here's what I, the, the, the more that I understand the Bible, it seems like the hungrier I've gotten. And, and the more that I've gotten into God's word, the, 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 the more that, that, that I have this unshakable conviction in my life that, that the Bible is the living, authoritative, inerrant word of God. Thank you. One person agrees with that. It, it, it has changed my, it has had a remarkable effect on me. In fact, here's what, I, the, the more I study the Bible, the more hungry I am to know more. I, it just, I can't get enough, right? My, my wife brought me a bag home last week of chicharrones. And I opened it up and my, my sophomore in high school walked around the course and said, ooh, what is that smell? I said, that's goodness in a bag. The problem with the bag of chicharrones is I don't know when to stop. Sometimes the word of God's like that for me. Because the more I eat it, the more I want of it, John Stewart. You know what I'm saying? I want more of the word of God. It has that effect on a person. 
God's word not only satisfies my appetite, but it's doing something. It's arousing me, wanting, calling me even to a deeper hunger for more. I want you to experience that hunger too. I want you to experience that hunger. I want you, we talked a lot about joy. This, I want you to experience what I believe is there's joy that comes from a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. And that comes only, I believe, through having a great understanding of what Scripture says to us. In fact, I love this verse of Scripture in 2 Timothy 3. It says, all Scripture is inspired by God. It is useful. What is it? It's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Hey, some of you right now want to know, am I on the right track in life? What does God's word say? I believe it can guide you and help you as you try to answer that question. It says it corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. Hey, you want to know what the right thing to do is? Get in God's word and let it illuminate that for you. The Holy Spirit of God, as we dive in, begins to to bring things to light. Truth is not discovered, but it is revealed through the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And as you read, God begins to illuminate and show you what is right and, and, and guides our very lives. I believe that this is so important for every one of us that desire to go deeper with God. We must have an understanding of what his word says. In fact, I believe that without the study of God's word, we cannot hope to grow spiritually. Everything else about this thing called the Christian life, I believe, has, has to find its roots in what God's word says. Now, I told you that our example for this, this series on spiritual disciplines was going to be the person of Jesus Christ. Did, did you know that Jesus knew scripture better than anyone? He did. In fact, if you do a a study of the life of Jesus in the first four books of the New Testament, they're called the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're going to find the the, the life of Jesus mapped out for us. But you'll, you'll find that as a boy, Jesus at a very, very early age amazed the teachers in the Jerusalem temple with his understanding of Scripture. We, we know that he quoted scripture for memory when, when he was tempted in the wilderness. We, we, we know that, that he regularly quoted scripture whenever he taught people. We, we know that he even began his public ministry by, by going old school, going back to, to words that the prophet Isaiah had written. Jesus embodied the word of God. John chapter 1, in him was the word. In him was the word, and the word became flesh and lived amongst us. I love how the message translates this. He moved into our neighborhood. I like that. Jesus is all about the hood. And so this idea of studying scripture is so important. It takes on many different forms. You can can literally have a physical Bible. How many of you have a Bible? Awesome. How many of you read it? Not as many, that's okay. Um, there's always, right, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You, it takes on many forms. There's a physical book. It's on a digital device. We heard through the announcement today. You can download it on the version app, Bible app, right? You can listen to the audio version of the Bible, right? We, 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 we have the Bible taught to us in places like this at church. You, you can even study and, and, and learn more online in the privacy of your home. Do you know you can also meditate on Scripture? You can meditate on the Bible. Now, let me just, first of all, I, when I say meditation, some of you wig out and freak out because you think, oh, there he goes. 
some new age thinking up there. Listen, this, you must make a crucial distinction between meditation and what it really is. It can be understood. Eastern philosophy, Eastern meditation focuses on emptying your mind. But when we talk about Christian meditation, that focuses on filling the mind with God's word, okay? So, so you can empty your mind of, of, of other stuff, but you need to fill it with God's word. In fact, Scripture says, set your mind on things above things not of this world. Come on, you know I'm preaching. And I love what it says in Psalm 119, 97. It says, oh, how I love your instructions. I think of them all day long. Do you think about the word of God? But but before coming to a Bible study or going to your, your life group or before you're called upon by FCA to give a devotion to students, is the word of God a big deal to you? I'm not talking about just some fancy placard on your, on your wall and in a prominent location of your home. But have you gotten the word of God in here? See, when the word of God's in here, then it transfers to here. And then what's in here oftentimes comes out of here. Are you with me? Right? God's word's a roadmap for our life here on earth. It speaks to things that are of eternal significance. And as followers of Jesus Christ, as believers in Christ, we are called to study the word. I just talked with a, a gentleman in our church who, who's a missionary, that, 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 and he said, hey, I'm about to go preach to another congregation, and I'm going to take what some of the things you said. And here's what I tell him. Hey, hey, please let people know. Here's the great thing about, hey, you Guatemala missionaries, here's the deal. You, you may not carry this around with you everywhere you go while in tech pan, but listen, if you've hidden God's word in your heart, guess what's going to come out? That's going to come out. You can tuck God's word word in your heart, in your mind, and it can actually come from your lips. This is one of those great resources that we have. The psalmist says, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. He also goes on to say, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Do you know, have you studied, spent time in the Bible to really understand God's roadmap for your life? Amen. We were at conference this week, and I love what Pastor, Pastor Bill Johnson said. And he was relating the story in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus, after he was baptized, immediately goes in, into the wilderness. You, 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 and he made this statement. He says, the word of God that's established in a life will attract conflict. You know that, right? The enemy hates whenever you know the word of God. He hates whenever you begin to live and let the word of God be your guide in life. The enemy, in fact, wants to come into your mind and begin to question everything that God has said. Do you know that? In fact, it's demonstrated in Luke chapter 4. As Jesus begins his public earthly ministry, he goes into the wilderness for how many days? 40. Great. And, and, And over the course of 40 days, he is tempted by the enemy on how many occasions? Three. I love this. I love this. Because when you read Luke chapter 4, and and when you begin to look at verse 4, and skip four more verses to verse 8, and when you skip down another 4 to verse 12, listen, the only number you need to remember are the 4s. 444. Luke chapter 4, verse 4, verse 8, verse 12. Multiples of 4. Here's what Jesus says. The enemy tempts him three times. And in in those verses, those three verses... Jesus says at the beginning, as the scriptures say. See, some of us today fall into temptation from the enemy because we do not know what the scriptures say. And that's why so many of us are sucked into his his plans. But I love how Jesus reminded us 
He's tempted three times, and he combated those temptations by quoting scriptures. The scriptures say, hey, not my pastor said, or hey, I remember my mom or my dad saying, I'm telling you, the bedrock foundation of our life as a Christian is what the word of God says. Do you know it? So here's a challenge for us today. And you heard it in our announcement video. Tomorrow, we, we are launching out on, on reading the Bible in 90 days. Reading the Bible through, listen, for some of you said, man, I've always wanted to read the Bible. But it's so large, it's so big. Listen, the reality is it's broken. If you can read 12 pages a day, you'll get through it in the next three months. Did you know that? And so many of us have accepted a challenge, and I want to issue that challenge to all of us listening today. I, I was with my wife this week, and I love my wife. I know she's doing this, but, but I heard her make this statement. I've, she bought a new book this weekend at conference, and I heard her say, ooh, I've got, my, I've got a reading plan this summer. I've got a book to read with this one. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got you. I got you, girl, with this one. Because I know you've already started. I'm so in trouble. I need lunch plans with somebody today after church. But so many of us, I know we've got our reading mapped out or we've got additional supplemental reading. Can I just take, can we make this a big deal? The word of God. Can we, in fact, we, 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 we want to help you. We've created this online group, this, this read the Bible in 90 days group. We're going to be posting videos and, and giving you encouraging reminders because we're training to win. We've got, we've got these Bible reading cards today available at Restore and, and in connections that will just kind of help you keep a log of, of where you're at. You know what I'm excited about? We can get through the book of Leviticus in two days. Have you ever tried to read that mess on your own? You get frustrated. I can do anything for two days. Right? Except probably shop at Magnolia Market. I probably, I don't know if I could do that for two days. But, but the word of God, that's candy. I got this. Will you accept the challenge this summer? Not to sit around and get fat and flabby. Those of you watching online. Squamish, you can read God's word. It even shows up in Canada. It's valid. Will you read God's word? Will you train to win? Listen, if you have a deficiency of the Bible in your diet, you're going to begin to wither spiritually. But if you have a regular diet, say regular, a regular diet of God's word, I'm telling you, then you're going to become strong spiritually. You're going to be training yourself to win. Hey, let's fall in love with Scripture. As we fall in love with Scripture, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God is going to transform your life. We read the Bible not for information, but for transformation. And that's what's going to happen in your life. You'll never regret it if you'll take time to study it. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. Hey, uh, I'm going to ask our ministry team to come forward. And, and here's the deal today. I, uh, I, I, I uh, while we were singing just a few moments ago, I, I, the, the Lord shared with me the word hopeless. Hopeless. And I didn't act upon it, but, but I believe that there's someone here today that is in a, in a season in which you feel hopeless in your life. If everybody, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Can you do that? In fact, listen, I, there's someone here today that, that there's a situation you're facing and, and it seems hopeless. Maybe a marriage that's falling apart. Maybe a prodigal child situation. 
Maybe there's a financial struggle. There's a, there's a, a health declaration that's been made over you. And, and right now your situation looks hopeless. Am I talking to anybody? If that resonates with you, would you just raise your hand? Is that anybody? Okay, just keep them up. Hopeless. There's no way out. You don't see a, a solution. Amen. Hey, here's what we're going to do. I want to pray and we're going to dismiss. And I want to encourage those of you here today with hands lifted high to take advantage of this opportunity before us today. I need some more prayer warriors down front. So I want you to take advantage. You do not need to face life hopelessly. And I want to encourage you today to to come and, and receive a word of encouragement from one of my friends down front today. Listen, your situation's not hopeless. I, I believe you might just be right where God wants you to so a miracle can happen in your life today. A breakthrough. Anybody want that? And so, Lord Jesus, I want to pray today that we would understand that you are the hope of the nations. You're the song we're declaring. You are our joy. That no matter what our situation looks like, it is not hopeless. Because you are still on the throne. You're still in control. And God, you want to step in and bring hope to hopelessness. And Lord, I want to pray for the people today that I saw raise their hands. That they would would understand that because of you there's great hope. There's great hope. And I don't know how it's going to turn out or when it's going to work out or when when it will change. But I just want them to know today, Father, that there is hope in you. Let hope arise. Let hope arise. Let hope arise. If that's you today, I want to encourage you to come forward and share your situation with one of our teammates. And let them breathe encouragement and pray the word of God into your life. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed.